Welcome to the Muni360 podcast from New York Life Investments. Valuable insights on all aspects related to investing in the complex and highly fragmented municipal bond market. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Muni360 podcast from New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. In a municipal market that is highly complex, from public policy to market technicals, we're excited to bring you another podcast focusing on current municipal themes and strategies for clients to consider. I'm excited to be joined today by Ian France, directly from our trading desk in Los Angeles. Ian is a credit analyst and trader with focus on the high yield municipal segment of the market. We've been looking forward to having Ian back on the show to share his observations. So Ian, great to have you back with us today on Muni360 Podcast. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. So we're in the early stages of 2023 after a very challenging year in municipals and fixed income in general. What are your observations so far out of the gate this year in terms of market tone compared to last year? Sure. So, so far out of the gate this year, we have seen really the beginning of normalization in the municipal market. We haven't seen a full normalization of liquidity and ratios, but we have seen the beginning of that. And that has really been led by flows coming back into the municipal market. Just as a reminder, in 2022, it was the largest outflow year on record for municipals. Approximately $125 billion left the market. So far, just through the month of January, we've actually seen just around $6 billion come back into the market. So we have seen a return of money to both mutual funds. We've seen flows into ETFs as well. That has led municipal to treasury ratios to tighten. So last year, for the majority of the year, municipal to treasury ratios were trading wide to historical averages really in almost all tenors of the curve. Today, several of those ratios have actually moved back to more normalized levels. So for example, the five-year ratio is now at approximately 60%. Its 2022 average was 73%. The 10-year ratio is at about 65% versus its 2022 average of 84%. And the 30-year average is a good example of some of the normalization that is probably left to occur with a ratio of 92% versus the 2022 average of 98%. There has been a pretty significant improvement in liquidity as well. The dealers have been taking on a little bit more risk and they've been building up their inventories. Again, in 2022, dealer inventories were very slim. It was a difficult year. And as we got into the end of the year, dealers were really not carrying very large balances of inventories. We have seen those tick back up. We've seen dealers making more stock bids for bonds. So overall, the market has really begun to normalize, which we welcome very much. Right. So after turning the page into 2023, nice to see a, a much better tone. So realizing we don't make interest rate calls or duration bets in portfolios we manage, many would ask us about the current rate inflation environment. Do we think currently that that narrative is priced into the municipal market? Yeah. So it's an interesting question. And if you look again at ratios, uh, shorter term ratios in municipals have traded really since the beginning of the second half of 2022, much tighter. So the short end of the municipal AAA curve is trading very tight to where short-term treasuries are. So the municipal yield curve actually is not nearly as inverted as the treasury curve. And for that reason, it almost appears that the muni market is pricing in a lower Fed funds rate or less inflation going forward than maybe the treasury market is. But I think 
more of the reason for that dynamic is just to go back to the technicals of the municipal market and the natural buyers on certain parts of the curve. So SMAs and other types of buyers have really pushed those short ratios tighter. And so for that reason, on the short end of the curve, we see, and it's actually one of our insights for this year, we see a little bit more value in taxable municipals. We believe that the taxable municipal market is actually less aggressive in pricing and lower inflation going forward. Yield curve for taxable municipals is less positive sloping. It's much flatter, much like the treasury curve. And for that reason, we actually think if you're going to be on the short end and you have some concerns about the federal funds rate being a little bit higher for the near term or going up to a 5%, maybe even beyond that, taxable municipals are actually a better place to be on the short end of the curve. So it appears that the municipal market is pricing in lower inflation. It's probably more of a technical factor. But for that reason, we think that tactical munis on the short end of the curve is probably a better place to be right now. Very helpful. And if we look at the heart of the municipal dislocation, you know, six, 12 months ago, remind us, Ian, you know, how are we advising our clients and what has led performance since then? In other words, have we been on point with performance drivers since the market has demonstrated a better tone? Sure. So last year, Really what sold off the most in the market, and especially in the high yield market, was the most liquid bonds in the market. A lot of non-rated, less liquid bonds, they tend to trade much less frequently than triple Bs or single As. A lot of high yield mutual fund portfolio managers actually will sell their triple B or A-rated bonds the most quickly or the most rapidly in order to raise cash to meet redemptions. And that's really what we saw for the majority of 2022 was portfolios that had outsized positions in those more liquid portfolios, such as our portfolios, they tended to perform a little bit worse in that environment. Another factor that really has driven performance, especially in the mutual fund space, is in 2022, we discussed with clients that it was extremely important to be resetting book yields to do tax loss swaps and to reset book yields higher. Going into 2023, many of our funds actually have improved their dividends and their book yields going forward by a pretty significant margin. And we think that in 2023, your income and dividend should be a pretty significant component of total return, which will be much different from, for example, 2021, where the income was much lower. So, so far this year, we've seen income has been a driver of return, which we expect to occur for the remainder of 2023. And we have seen those more liquid bonds really outperform. We also talked last year about long-term ratios being as cheap as they are. In some cases, the long end trading over 100% to 30-year treasuries. We have seen the long end performed very well so far. In January, we've seen those ratios normalize as the money has come back into mutual funds. So we believe that many of the factors we discussed last year have begun to play out so far this year with positive performance. So Ian, we've been talking a little bit about some market normalization we're seeing early this year. With improved market liquidity, mutual fund flows turning positive so far this year, you know, the market has really experienced a nice snapback year to date. So with this in mind, Is the market still at attractive levels going forward? And can you share a few high-level examples? Sure. We do believe that the market is still very attractive going forward. Even though there has been some normalization and positive performance so far in the market, we believe that there is still some left on the table for the year. And we do, again, we believe that a large component of that could be 
from or should be from income and that active management and a total return focus can add some alpha and incremental positive performance on top of that. But some of the examples of value we're seeing in the market, again, going back to where you're located on the curve, we think it's going to be very important this year. We see the cheapest value on the long end of the curve. Again, that 30-year ratio right now is approximately 93%. For actually cash transactions in the market, we are still seeing some dislocations and attractive opportunities in the market. For example, there are some AAA Texas water bonds that are trading around a 375 yield for 5% coupon out long on the curve. That is versus a 30-year treasury that's trading today at a 355. So you still have some AAA munis that are actually trading at approximately 110%, 105% of the 30-year treasury. So in many cases, the market still is not pricing in the tax exemption of munis as it should. And we do think there's still several opportunities like that out there. And then as far as the yield that you can accrue in the market is still very attractive, especially compared to corporates, given the amount of risk that you're taking in the market. AAA Texas water bond at a 375, if you gross that up for the tax exemption, you're looking at, you know, a 5% plus yield on a AAA bond. So we're really seeing some attractive yield levels for the amount of risk that you're taking. In the high yield space, we still see good credits, even some triple B credits with yields behind a 5%, 515, 520, double Bs are a little bit closer to a 550. Again, you gross that up for the tax exemption, you're at about an eight or 9% tax equivalent yield. So there's still significant opportunities available in the market for investors to get in now, regardless of the positive performance so far this year. We do think that, you know, there's still certain factors in the market that could create some volatility. We still have the Fed and, and it's still a little bit unknown of where the direction of inflation may go for the remainder of the year and what sort of policies the Fed may implement. But we do believe that some of the attractive levels of income can provide a bit of a buffer for any of that volatility and that the total return opportunity for 2023 is still very attractive. Well, that's great to hear that there's still some opportunity we see in the market in the right places, of course. That really moves us into the credit landscape. On prior shows, we've talked about strong credit fundamentals. However, some clients are asking how credit would hold up should economic weakness and recessionary pressures persist. Can you get into that in a little more detail? Sure. So we've really had a lot of questions about this, and it's a great question. And looking at where the credit cycle may be headed, we believe it's a very different story for municipals versus corporates. So corporate bonds or corporate credits, they deal with certain issues with margin compression in an inflationary environment that municipalities really don't deal with as much. So we talked last year a lot about the inflationary impact, the positive impact it actually has had on municipal credit, that it has been really a windfall to the revenue side of the equation for municipalities. Property taxes, income taxes, sales taxes have all improved really significantly in 2022. What that has allowed for is for states and localities to improve their balance sheet position pretty significantly. We've seen rainy day fund balances increase substantially to actually record levels. And states and localities have really paid down a lot of their liabilities. They've been prudent with some of the COVID funds that have come in from the federal government, as well as the windfall to revenues and operating surpluses. And they've used those to actually pay down their liabilities and build their cash reserves. For example, the state of Illinois, their rainy day fund balance is approximately 25 billion. That's doubled over the course of the past several years. 
We've seen their accounts payable balance to vendors come down from over 15 billion to less than 2 billion just since 2018. So, you know, we've seen the city of Chicago has now been upgraded by all three rating agencies to investment grade. That's the first time that credit has not had a junk rating in seven years. It's interesting to see, you know, we talked about relative value opportunities, higher income streams, and you couple that with a pretty strong credit foundation. I think it makes the case even stronger for municipals. Which brings us to our next question. Why should investors consider actively managed funds as a replacement or complement to passive approaches? And what are some of the recent portfolio positioning themes that really illustrate that point? Sure. So I think active management is important for several reasons. I'll start and I'll talk about credit research and really how important that is, especially in the high yield market. I just spoke about how strong really the credit picture is for states and localities. There are certain types of credits out there in the market that we do still continue to have some concerns about. There are certain credits in the healthcare space which have dealt with some of the margin compression, similar issues that corporate credits deal with. There's still some speculative project finance deals out there that we think, you know, generally you should avoid. And so we think active management is very important, especially in the high yield space from a research perspective. One of our themes this year is, you know, looking at being in some of the more liquid bonds versus some of the less liquid bonds in high yield, that liquidity is going to be a driver of performance going forward. So we think that an active manager with a strong research team that can identify the right opportunities, the right credits with the right liquidity is going to be a major driver of outperformance versus the index in 2023. We also think an active management approach is very important just because of the curve positioning that we've been talking about with ratios. We're going to have to be nimble and kind of move around on the curve, I think, this year based on where the value is that can be additive to performance. And finally, I think really just the active nature of resetting book yields, we still continue to do it so far through the first month of this year. We continue to see opportunities for tax loss swaps, and we're executing on those, even though the market has improved and passing on those losses to our clients, as well as improving those income streams even further going forward. Thank you, Ian. It's really great to see that Makai Municipal Managers is optimistic about the market in 2023. And we think the stage is well set for those taking an active approach. This has really been a great conversation. I'm sure our listeners will find your thoughts and insights really, really helpful. Before we let you go, do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners? I think I would just leave it with how the, the really attractive nature of the market that we see even after the month of January has occurred. We've received a lot of questions from clients. You know, did we miss it? Did we miss the opportunity in municipals because of the performance that we saw in January? And our answer to that question really is no. We still think the opportunities for attractive income are still out there, even though we had the positive performance in January. And the risk-adjusted levels compared to corporates for the yields you're getting really are attractive. I think it's important to remember going into a potential negative credit cycle, the lower default rates of munis versus corporates. They're significantly lower across the credit spectrum for all levels of ratings. And I think that's important to remember when allocating to the fixed income market, to the credit market, that munis really offer good income, especially for the credit risk that you're taking. So Ian, those were some great insights. We're happy to have Ian France from our trading desk in Los Angeles today. That wraps up this episode of Muni360 Podcast with New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. Please be sure to subscribe and look out for new episodes. We appreciate you rating the show and leaving a review so we can spread these insights 
to as many as possible. Thanks for listening. Municipal bond risks include the ability of the issuer to repay the obligation, the relative lack of information about certain issuers, and the possibility of future tax and legislative changes, which could affect the market for and value of municipal securities. Bonds are subject to interest rate risk and can lose principal value when interest rates rise. Bonds are also subject to credit risk, which is the possibility that the bond issuer may fail to pay interest and principal in a timely manner. Investing in below investment grade securities may carry a greater risk of non-payment of interest or principal than higher rated securities. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Active management is the use of a human element, such as a single manager, co-managers, or a team of managers to actively manage a fund's portfolio. Active management strategies typically have higher fees than passive management. Credit spread reflects the difference in yield between a treasury and corporate bond of the same maturity. Duration is a measure of the sensitivity of the price of a bond to a change in interest rates. CPI is the consumer price index that measures the overall change in consumer prices based on a representative basket of goods and services over time. Credit quality. Percentages are based on fixed income securities held in the fund's investment portfolio and exclude any equity or convertible securities in cash or cash equivalents. Ratings apply to the underlying portfolio of debt securities held by the fund and are rated by an independent rating agency, such as Standard & Poor's, Moody's, and or Fitch. If ratings are provided by the rating agencies but differ, the lower rating will be utilized. If only one rating is provided, the available rating will be utilized. Securities that are unrated by the rating agencies are reflected as such in the breakdown. Unrated securities do not necessarily indicate low quality. S&P rates borrowers on a scale from AAA to D. AAA through BBB represent investment grade, while BB through D represent non-investment grade. This material contains the opinions of the Mackay Municipal Manager's team of Mackay Shields, LLC, but not necessarily those of Mackay Shields, LLC. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice. This material is distributed for informational purposes only. Forecasts, estimates, and opinions contained herein should not be considered as investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment product. Information contained herein has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but not guaranteed. Any forward-looking statements speak only as of the date they are made, and Mackay Shields assumes no duty and does not undertake to update forward looking statements. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. Neither New York Life Insurance Company nor its affiliates or representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please contact your own professionals. Mackay Municipal Managers is a team of portfolio managers at Mackay Shields. Mackay Shields is 100% owned by NYLIM Holdings, which is wholly owned by New York Life Insurance Company. Not all products and services provided by Mackay High Shields may be available to all investors, limited by applicable laws and regulations in certain jurisdictions. No part of this material may be reproduced in any form or referred to in any other publication without the express written permission of Mackay Shields. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company. Securities distributed by New York Life Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302.